Open your Bible once again to Exodus chapter 20 this morning as we will unite our hearts together around this text to seek the Lord in prayer. Throughout church history, as the church gathers together for the purpose of prayer, again, for us in our generation, this was a practice that was long gone, but throughout church history, what we're doing here right now, you didn't, there was, it was unthinkable to gather together for worship and not have a time set aside for corporate prayer. And they would come together and pray through various texts of Scripture. The very thing we're doing this morning, praying through the Lord's Prayer, praying through some of the Psalms, praying through the Ten Commandments, just as we're doing this morning, in addition to other things such as the Apostles' Creed. And this morning, so we, we come together, we stand in a long line of men and women who understood the great goal, the great purpose of the church gathered is to seek the face of God from the heart, to worship Him. He is our audience. And this morning, we unite together around this text where we've been familiar with and we're becoming more and more comfortable praying through because it reveals to us the nature of God. It reveals to us ourself, our sin nature. It opens the portal of grace to us because the very things that God expects but we have not been able to do, Christ has done for us. And it gives to us direction on how in Christ's name we are to live. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Therefore, if you will, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor. Thus in the sacred words of our God to his people after he'd rescued them by grace. You know, the commandments continue to tell us the one never-ending obligation of the true child of God is a life lived of devotion to God. He is everything. He is all. And out of the overflow of our devotion to God also comes our devotion to our fellow men. It's out of the overflow of that. We don't love men and love God. It's we love God and God has said, here's how you are to love me. Not with some sentimental affection. I think for, for many in our generation, you hear them say, we love God. And they're talking about, I have this affection in my heart, which, which is biblical, 
But it ends there. Love of God is something easy to talk about and say, yeah, well, sure I do, I have a sentimental, but God himself said, no, love for me has an objective look to it. Let me explain, God says. You love me, have no other gods before me. You say you love me, well, then when you speak my name, you recognize it as holy. I'm a jealous God. When you gather for my worship, it's about me. Loving God is not mere sentimentality. And out of our love for him, he also says, you love me, love others. And even that is not a, a sentimentality that, you know, we should love others. There's a look to that. There's a description to it that he's been giving to us in the law. Out of your love for me, don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Honor your mother and father. And this morning we look at do not steal. Don't take from your neighbor. Don't steal from others. Few acts show the depravity of the human heart more than thievery. Thievery, if we, if we just stop and think about it, in the moment of stealing, it feels so innocent, maybe, I guess depending upon the, the intensity of the thievery. But sometimes if it's a small thing, it, feels, it can almost feel justified. We can justify it in our minds. It can feel like a small thing. But thievery at its core is a complete contempt for another person, a complete disregard for them, a complete disregard for God, who, has, who is the giver of all things and has bestowed whatever you have taken from that individual upon them. Thievery is telling God first and foremost, because God says sin is always first and foremost against me. Sin, thievery is telling God, God, you're wrong. You are incorrect in bestowing this to this person. Thievery is telling God, we know better than you do. Now, when we come upon this particular command, you shall not steal, most likely we think about stealing of stuff, things, theft of another's goods. And certainly, if you can think back upon this week, or in the recent days, and, and you find in your, your heart and in your life where you have done that, then that's what's being exposed in this text. And, and how dare we enter into the worship of God with that on our soul? So this time of prayer corporately is a time to confess that, to bring that before the Lord, to seek repentance in Christ Jesus. But stealing certainly takes other forms as well. More subtle forms, but likely the more the reality for many of us this morning. We steal others' goods, but we also steal others' reputations. We steal others' honor. We steal others' positions. We steal their dignity. We steal their respect. And why do we steal? It's because we covet. It's because we idolize something that they have. We want what we want so badly that we will destroy another person, their reputation. We'll say things that may or may not even be true. And even if they are true, we will say them with such a tone or in such a way that it makes the point that they're almost villainous. We steal because we want what we want. And therein is our sin against God. It's the same thing we're seeing 
in the Gospel of John. Just like in the church in John's day, in Jesus' day, wanted things on their terms, we want things on our terms. God is sovereign. Life is lived on His terms, by His grace, for His glory. We steal the things we covet because at our hearts, every one of us are thieves. Every one of us. And this morning, don't be surprised by that. It's not news to you. But it does this morning as we come together around the Word of God to seek the Lord on His terms. We need to wrestle with not just things we've taken materially, but has there in some area of your life, in my life this week, where we have stolen someone's dignity, reputation, their honor, their position, tried to undermine something that God has put them in because we selfishly want it so bad. And where we find that this morning, and it's in all of us this morning, we turn to Christ. We turn to our older brother, who is not like us in any way. He is one who always lived life under the sovereignty of his Father. Christ is no thief. In fact, Christ is a giver. Christ, if we are thieves over here, and we all are, Christ is the other end of the spectrum as far as you can get. He is the ultimate giver. He's the one who gave his life for us thieves. He's the one who gave his righteousness to us who are unrighteous. He's the one who gave his inheritance to us whose only inheritance is hell. He's the one who gave his reputation, his all to us, that we might gather together this morning called by His name, and seek the Lord together in His name.